This morning we're going to see the one who is the ancient foe of God. We're going to see him end up where he deserves to be. So we're continuing our series this morning entitled Speak of the Devil. And this morning we have come to the sixth and final message in this series. So I invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, Revelation chapter 20. Throughout this series, we have seen how Satan began, created by God in perfection, and that he was in the heavens. We then saw this great serpent in the Garden of Eden, and then we saw the enmity that existed, that God said would be between Satan and the woman, between his offspring and her offspring. We kind of traced that from the Garden of Eden to the cross. And then we looked at the cross, where, hate, where Satan's head was completely crushed by Christ. And then last week, we looked at the different devices of Satan, how he works, how he does things. And this morning, we are going to look at his demise. So follow along with me in your Bibles, your uh, electronic devices, if you're using the Pew Bible, uh, page 1040 in it. Follow along as I begin reading with verse 1 of chapter 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit, and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth, and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. 
May God bless the reading of his word to us. As we look at Satan and his downfall, this morning I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to give you all four of my points right up front. Uh, When I was trained in in preaching, I was told, you never give people your points during the introduction to your message. Because if you give them their points, your points that you're going to be preaching, they have no reason to listen to the rest of the message. You've already told them what you're going to say. But I trust you as a congregation that when I finish with the four points, you're not going to get up and leave and say, okay, we know what you're going to say, so we don't need to listen to the rest of it. But just because of the nature of what we're dealing with, I want you to know this morning, right up front, where we are going with this message. And what we're going to see this morning is that Satan goes down, 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 down. Point number one we're going to look at is Satan is cast out of his position. Then we're going to see that Satan is cast out of his access to heaven. Then we're going to see that he will be bound in a pit for a thousand years. And then we will see that he will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. First of all, he is cast out of his position. This is past tense. It has already happened. In Isaiah chapter 14, in verse 12, remember we, were, we looked at Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 of Satan's position in heaven. Satan was the highest created being by God until pride entered into his heart. And we read in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, How are you fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn? How are you cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low? The picture is Satan being cast down from his position. You'll remember we looked at Satan, this highest created being by God, most likely the worship leader of heaven. His name, Lucifer, means light bearer. He reflected the very glory of God until pride entered his heart and he sinned and he was cast down from that position. Over in Luke chapter 10, in verse 18, we we read a verse where Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, this occurs after Jesus has sent the 70 out. They've gone out, they've preached in his name, they had power over demons. And they came back to Jesus and they said that they were shocked that even the demons were subject to the power of Jesus' name. And in response to that, Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Well, what was he referring to? Because at the time he says that, 
This is in the past tense, saying it's something that has already occurred. Now, when we come to this passage of Scripture, there are multiple interpretations that people have of it. Some of it think, some people think that Jesus was speaking, that he saw Satan fall from heaven, that Satan fell from heaven in response to seeing the ministry of the 70 that were out there. I don't think that's the case because it's stated in the past tense. There are those who think that Jesus was referring to his temptation, that when Jesus had victory over Satan tempting him in the wilderness that he was speaking of, that he saw Satan fall from heaven. That really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Then there are those who think this occurred when Jesus crushed the head of Satan at the cross. That it was at that point that Jesus was saying, I saw Satan fall from heaven. The problem with that is, Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. That is still a future event. So what is he talking about? I think he's talking about what we already looked at in Isaiah chapter 14. That he saw Satan fall from his position. When the disciples say, you know, we're shocked that we have authority in your name over the demons, I think Jesus is saying, well, why should you be shocked by that? I saw Satan fall from his position in heaven. Remember we talked about right up front. One of the misconceptions of people regarding Satan is the thought that Satan is equal to God. He is not. Can we make that clear? Satan is no match for our God. When we sing of our God, how great thou art, there is no one greater than him. He is the highest of the high. He is the most powerful of the powerful. And though Satan has great power, as we continue to see this morning, he is no match for our God. So Satan goes down. He's cast out of his position. Secondly, he will be cast out of his access to heaven. Now, we're able to see from very pa- various passages of Scripture that Satan does have access to heaven to be before God. Now, I don't understand how all of this works, but if you know the story of the book of Job, in Job chapter 1, in verse 6, we read this. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. The sons of God is a reference there to angels. And Satan also came among them. Now this is after his fall from his position in heaven. He comes before God. And if you know the story of the book of Job, Job was a righteous man. And Satan comes as is part of his devices to accuse Job. 
And he says to God, no wonder Job serves you. You put such a hedge around this man, no one can touch him. Who wouldn't serve you, God, if you gave them everything they wanted? And you know the story, how God let Satan attack Job. But Satan had access to go into heaven to accuse Job. I believe he continues to have this access today to go before God and to be the accuser of the brethren. And that will continue until the midpoint of the coming tribulation period. Now, the message this morning is not to expound the book of Revelation or to go through everything that is there But I believe if you take a futurist interpretation, a literal approach to understanding the scriptures, you will discover that in the future there is going to be a seven-year tribulation period that is coming to this earth. That period will be divided into two halves, the first half and the second half of the tribulation, each of them three and a half years in length. At the midpoint, in Revelation chapter 12, in verses 7 to 9, we read this. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. Now, let me stop right here. What does this fighting look like? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how... Uh, spiritual beings fight with one another. But they do. And John, as the Lord is revealing to him the future, John sees this fight going on. And it says, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated. See, he's going down again. He was defeated And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So at the midpoint of tribulation, war breaks out in heaven with Satan and his forces, and Michael the archangel and his forces go to war with Satan, and Satan is cast down to the earth. So he no longer has access to heaven. So Satan has gone down from his position. Now he is going down in the future at the midpoint of the tribulation to where his activities are now defined or limited to here on the earth. And believe me, if you read the events of the second half of the tribulation, he's not happy about this at all. But please note, God enables Michael, the archangel, and the angels of heaven to have victory over Satan. In this case, he is not, Satan is not even able to overcome Michael and the armies of heaven. 
He is cast down to the earth. The next thing I want us to see is that he will be bound in a pit. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 3. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven. Now let me pause here just for a second and point something out. John sees an angel. It doesn't say that it is Michael the archangel in this case, does it? It just says it is an angel. I saw an angel come down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. Now that term bottomless pit literally means a shaft leading down into the abyss. It's what it literally says in the Greek. A shaft that leads down to the abyss. And he sees the dragon, and we know who that is, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might deceive the the nations no longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. So he's gone down from his position. He's gone down from his access in heaven. And now he is going down to the bottomless pit where he will be held for a thousand years. Now, we know that during this thousand years that on earth we have the kingdom of Christ. Thousand years, the millennial reign, a literal thousand years where Christ rules and reigns from the throne of David over all the earth. And during that time, Satan is no longer around. Satan and his hordes are all bound. They are in chains. Now, what does that mean, that they are in chains? It means that they are bound and unable to influence people. Nations means people groups. They are, he is no longer able to influence people of the world. Now, Satan is not the only one that's spoken of as being bound by God. In Jude verse 6, Jude writes about, and the angels who did not stay within their position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Even now, And we're not at that thousand years. We are not in the kingdom of Christ. Regardless of what some people want to teach and say that Christ is already reigning, Christ is not on the throne of David. Now, he is on a throne in heaven, but he is not on the throne of David. And he is going to rule on the earth for a thousand years. During that time, Satan is bound. But even now, There are a group of angels that are so evil, so wicked, 
that God has confined them until the day of judgment. And it says that they are bound in chains. Now, exactly what that all means, I am not sure what it means that they are bound in chains. Are they chains as you and I would know chains? Well, how would you bind a spirit being with the type of chains that we know about? But God is God. And he has special kind of chains that he can use. And for a thousand years, Satan is going to be bound. Now, what's going on during those thousand years? During those thousand years, Christ is reigning. At the beginning of those thousand years, only those who have trusted in Christ will be here on the earth. Matthew 25 talks about the judgment of the nations, how the sheep and the goats are separated from one another, and it is only godly people who are allowed to go in to the millennial reign. But during that thousand years, they're going to be living their lives. They are going to live in a perfect environment. The curse that is upon the earth is going to be removed. People are going to have longevity. Uh, If you read in some of the first chapters of Genesis, you'll read of people who lived to be 800, 900 years old. Men and women having babies when they're four, 500, 600 years old. Imagine that, women. Imagine how many babies and how big your family could be if, uh, if all the curse is removed and you're not aging. And during that time, God is blessing and you are in a perfect environment. Christ rules and reigns with a rod of iron during these thousand years. And Satan's not around to work his mischief. However, all of the children born during this time, they all have sin natures, just like you and I have sin natures. And during those thousand years, people will have the opportunity to trust God. Now look, they're living in a perfect environment. Christ is instituting perfect justice. Wouldn't you think everyone would want to follow Christ? You know, we have those who blame our environment and say it's because of our environment that that's why people rebel against God. No, people rebel against God because they're sinners. And they choose to sin. And they love sin more than they love righteousness. So during these thousand years, we will have perfect justice on the face of the earth. But even though that is occurring, there will still be those who will choose not to follow Christ. So, at the end of the thousand years, 
Satan is released to deceive the nations one more time. So he's gone down, 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 and now he's going to go down to his final resting place, which will be the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 to 10. We'll read there. And when the thousand years were ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. See, there are people who are going to follow him. Their number is like the sand of the sea. Let that sink in for a moment, will you? There are so many of them that as John looks out, he says, they're like the sand of the sea. He couldn't number them. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth, and they surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. Now, wouldn't you think, after everything that happened during the tribulation period, And how God has shown that he is in control over and over and over and over again that people would know better than to go to war with God. That's how deceptive Satan can be. But, we're told, fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. Now, they were cast into the lake of fire at the beginning of the thousand years. Please note, they are still in the lake of fire a thousand years later. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Let the truth of that sink in for a moment. Though we can have great joy that our ancient foe, Satan, is going to get exactly what he deserves. We can take no joy in the fact that those who have chosen to follow him, those who have aligned themselves with him, will be in the lake of fire forever and ever being tormented. But you see, God is victorious. If you read the book, what do we learn? God wins. He always wins. And even when it may seem to us that he's losing, he's still winning. Now, you probably have, like me, a whole lot of questions about, well, why does God let this happen? I mean, I have my questions. Why doesn't God just throw him into the lake of fire at the beginning of the thousand-year reign? Why does he just put him in jail for a thousand years. Why doesn't God just throw Satan in jail right now? 
Why doesn't he throw him in the lake of fire right now? Why didn't he throw him in the lake of fire right after Adam and Eve sinned? Why has God chosen to let all of this go on? And the only thing I can tell you is, is because in God's plan, it will all ultimately bring glory to him. Even the devil, as we said at the beginning of this series, is God's devil. He cannot do anything except that which God will allow him to do. And God has a plan that he's working out to his glory. Now, a part of that plan is providing salvation to all who will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There is a war that's going on between Satan and his offspring and the woman and her offspring. And we saw that ultimately that offspring was in a person in Christ who crushed Satan's head. So let me ask you this morning, very clearly, very plainly, whose team are you on? Whose army are you in? Who have you aligned yourself with? Are you aligned with Satan and opposed to God? Or are you aligned with Christ? Have you put your faith and trust in the one who crushed the head of Satan? The one who went to the cross and shed his blood so that you can be saved? Because if you put your faith and trust in him, then you will rule and reign with him forever and ever and ever. But if you reject him, you will spend eternity with the one that you've aligned yourself with, with Satan in the lake of fire forever and ever. You may say, Butch, that's, that's pretty strong what you're sharing there. And that certainly doesn't go with what we're hearing from various people today and from various Bible teachers. We're hearing people say there's a second chance in the future. We're hearing people say there's many ways to get to Christ I must be faithful in proclaiming to you that which the scriptures say. There is one and only one way of salvation, and that is through Jesus. It is only during this lifetime that you have an opportunity to align yourself with Christ, to repent of your sins, and to confess him as your Lord and Savior and be able to spend eternity with him. And so I don't want anyone leaving here saying, well, I don't quite understand this. I've tried to make it as clear and plain as I can this morning. Also, as we looked at last week, please understand that the evil one will come to you and seek to take the word of God away from you. He will blind you to the truth. 
but the Holy Spirit will open your eyes if you desire to be with Christ. So let me ask you this morning, where are you going to spend eternity? Are you going to spend it with Christ and with a victorious team? Or are you going to spend it with the enemies of our God? There's no other choices. And the Bible makes it clear, now is the day of salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we rejoice that you are victorious. We rejoice that our foe will go down, 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 down. Oh, how we see your great power and your sovereignty. And Father, I would pray right now that the eyes of every one of us would be opened. And I would ask right now for anyone who is here who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that today they might put their faith and trust in him and know life eternal. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.